Action Park Media. Let's get a mic check here. One, two, one, two. Episode 42. No gruffs given. Back to regular scheduled programming. Although I think maybe moving forward, we might have a few more emergency podcasts if necessary. The world is burning. But in the words of the great Kenny Powers, but sometimes when you bring the thunder, you get lost in the storm. And a true champion face to face with his darkest hour will do whatever it takes to rise above. A man fights and fights and then fights some more because surrender is death and death is for pussies episode 42 no gruffs given the great kenny powers i i struggle with that you know um i don't know i think about it and i say to myself what a great yeah you know we should all we can all be uh uh good men you know, I'll take being a good man versus a great man any day because if the percentages around us, if we all strive to be, hey, striving to be great is one thing. I mean, that is one thing. But in the process of striving to be great, being good along the way is probably one of the most important attributes, I would say. But sometimes when you bring the thunder, you get lost in the storm. And a true champion face-to-face -face with his darkest hour will do whatever it takes to rise above. A man fights and fights and then fights some more because surrender is death and death is for pussies. <laughs> I mean, give this guy a fucking, give that man an, a, a, an Oscar. What a speech. <laughs> and I went through them. He's got some some of the greatest quotes maybe in the history of modern day literature. I mean, I'll put them right up there with, uh, with Hemingway. It is outstanding. Outstanding. Uh, you might ask, I just started. All right. So, uh, I am here. Here's where we'll go with it. First of all, I got this written down at the top. I need to remind everyone, uh, buy your cameos. Okay. It's, it's Valentine's day. And I like Valentine's Day cameos because I think you can get a lot off your chest. I think you can make funny, flirty time. It's a great way to maybe slide into somebody's DMs in a non-traditional, uh, you're a creep sliding into a, a girl's DMs sort of way. Uh, think outside the box. Book a cameo for your mom, for your dad, for your sister who helps you. Do you remember the uh, Bruce Buffer cameo where he broke up with a girl for a guy? Great. So you, those you know. are that's a good time of year. Also, <laughs> I mean, you know, think outside the box. Right. I'm in, I'm in it. I'm in it. Let's go. All right. So I just wanted to make a a, a little housekeeping announcement. Um, Eastbound and down. Now this weekend, this Sunday, I am competing in my first jujitsu tournament. The 2023 All-Americas Tournament. It's going to be in Norwalk, California, Sunday. Um, I, it's, it's funny. I got my uh, first stripe on my white belt. But nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. It's nice. Yeah, thank you. You, feel, you probably felt pretty good about it. I, I felt pretty good about it, but I'll tell you, um, on the way home, here, here's what I was thinking with it, Okay. So the system, it's a genius system. It keeps you involved. The, the more you put in, the more you get out, all that stuff. But this is where I'm going to tie it all in, eastbound and down, all right? Kenny Powers, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, so the tournament. So everything that this whole journey, this, this Jiu-Jitsu journey has done to me and taken me on, it's a, it's a very powerful thing. Uh, there's Scotty. Scotty, can we just get a, uh, a little jingle? Are you coming in with? Oh, do it! Do it on my mic. <laughs> Doesn't sound as good. Can you go in the booth and give me one too, please? It's four o'clock somewhere, and it's almost four here in California. Three forty-five p.m. There you go. There you go. I love the acoustics in there. 
All right. So um, my first tournament, right? Uh, this whole journey is like, it, it's beautiful because you bow to each other. You know, you tap hands before you engage. The whole sport is centered around uh, friction versus contact. Like contact, blunt force trauma, that's not, that's not what jiu-jitsu is about. But what's interesting, all right, because now I'm coming into like kind of tournament mode. And I've also got to a point, uh, uh, you know, I'm on this, I'm in a garage in Van Nuys with a bunch of these Brazilian black belts and brown belts. And I'm just getting, and I'm, I'm in the war, okay? I'm getting cauliflower ear, which is not good. Okay, but now there's this whole thing like I'm not going to wear these ear guards that these wrestlers wear. Fucking ear wrestling ear guards are the I just won't do it. You got to. No, I I'm I'm going to get No, I'm I'm No, I don't think I can because he, here's where I'm feeling. It's like you're either all in or you're not, right? You you can't kind of you can't there's no pussy footing around. You're, you're either all in or you're not. If you're a hockey player, you're going to lose some teeth. If you wrestle or do jujitsu, you're going to get cauliflower ear? I mean, I yeah, I think that's the sacrifice that, that you make. But So that's part of it, right? But the thing that I'm getting into is the, uh, the competitive juices that are coming up. So now I've been sparring for the last couple of weeks, like, uh, uh, you know, sparring hard. Sparring hard in a garage in Van Nuys. And then also sparring at the, at the studio that I train at where there's some tough guys. Uh, but like, I want, I want those competitive juices now because it's an interesting combination where you're in the, in the, in the gym, in your studio. And it's all very respectful because we're learning from each other and we're rolling with each other. Um, and we're not rolling like soft rolling. We're still going very, very hard. But it's a, it's a team atmosphere, right? Now I'm going to a competition on Sunday, and I'll be honest with you, right now my juices are flowing. Like I am going to, I am going to, I'm not, I'm not going into a match to win by points. I'm going in to submit. Like I'm going in to break some of these guys. Like I'm going to break some of these guys. And if you know the sport a little bit, there's this... So the belt thing is interesting to me because I don't care. The belts are like not even a thing because when I go into spar, I'll spar with a black belt. Like I'll spar with a black belt. You have nothing to worry about. A black belt's going to tap. If you, as long as you're responsible and you tap early enough, you're never going to get hurt by a black belt, but you're, you're going to learn about being in the worst possible situation you can be. And then I'll go over and I'll spar with the white belts. But the more that I spar with the black belts, the more that I'm breaking the white belts in sparring. So these competitions are, are they're amateur competitions. You go in in, a, in an age group, like I'm gonna be, um, I guess you call it fighting. I'm gonna be fighting against uh, men that are my age and my weight in, in white belts, which is, listen, I might be eating my words, but if there's eight people, like I'm going in to win. I'm going in to run the table. I don't know how many, uh, if that's four matches in a day to win the gold or whatever it is. And it's so funny to even think about winning the gold. Like I, I'm not really concerned about the gold. Okay. I just want to go in there and I want to win. I want to, I want to smash these guys up and I want to play a strategical game, a chess game. Um, do you have a favorite like finishing move right now? Do you have something that you're going to be doing or you're I, I definitely yeah, like we're we're definitely um yeah, I mean, who knows. You know, I think because I I'm, I'm in the heavyweight division, so guys can be big and and they could also be my size depending on a guy's size, his flexibility. Um but I'm comfortable in all positions now, which is like I'm getting I, I I'm becoming a problem. I'm becoming a real problem for some for some guys. Um, I, it's just incredible, and I don't want to. It's not like this is anything of importance, but you know, this is what I'm doing. Okay, our next partner has a product I use every day. 
I started taking AG1 because AG1 sent me a nice little introductory gift basket. All right. Now, you might think you don't have time. You want to get better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system. But you hate taking pills or vitamins. Well, how about a supplement that actually tastes great? Athletic Greens is the best option for easy, optimal nutrition out there. You take one scoop of AG1 and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. You make your bed, you take your AG1s. The blend of ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Sustainable routines are key. AG1 is my daily micro habit that makes it easy to absorb key nutrients, lead a healthy lifestyle, and feel my best no matter what the day holds. One scoop, one minute, once a day, every day. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash nogruffs. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash nogruffs to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I had a quote. Somebody sent me. Oh, I know who sent this to me. I want to I read this one because I think this is a good one. I think this is a good one. Uh, Rick, if you're listening. Yeah, Rick, here he goes. Okay. Um, God, so, I can't find it. What, what's that, Michael? When you're watching these UFC fights, we had a big fight this weekend. Are you looking at like how some of these guys oh, are like, setting up? And... Oh, so the Gilbert Burns submission, yeah. it was amazing it was. because, uh, you know, we saw Gilbert fight Hamzat, and that was a, a, an absolute war. I mean, they almost killed each other with the striking. It almost proves that Gilbert shouldn't have done that. Well, no. It, you know what it proves is that I'll tell you, I, I don't think that uh, the guy that he, that he fought on Saturday – was expecting a, a Gilbert to come at him with Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I yeah. thought he, they probably thought that they were going to strike. I mean, Neil Magny's a very, um, you know, he's been in a lot of fights. Yeah. So I think, you know, he, but it was the first time in a while that Gilbert Burns has been the guy that was favored. I mean, he's always been going up against the top five. He's still in the top five, and he handled number 12 easily. Yeah. What the fuck does that? What does that have to do with anything? What we're talking about? Well, the maybe that's Michael? maybe that that's why he should have done jujitsu with uh, Kamzat. Well, I mean, I don't know. That's... It, it, it's about the it's about the. So when you ask me about do I have certain positions or moves that I like finishes that I like right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm also it's a real chess match of like understanding body types and size and and. I always said that I can tell uh, if a guy's a hockey player. Like, you can just tell. I can tell the way a guy walks into a dressing room and the way a guy puts his equipment on. I know whether he's a player or not right away. It, as soon as you see him on the ice, take two or three strides. And it's the same with kids. Like a, a 12-year-old kid, I could look at a kid and go, ah, this kid's – this." I can tell by the way the kid puts his equipment on, how it looks on his body. Uh, a friend of mine – uh, has a 12-year-old son that plays, and I was, like, blown away at how good his gear looked on him. I was like, how did he learn uh, How did he learn to put the gear on so cool? So it, it, is, very, it is very interesting. Um, coming back to this whole thing of, of you know, sometimes you got to bring the thunder, right? You get lost in the storm, and a true champion face-to-face with his darkest hour will do whatever it takes to rise above. A man fights and fights and then fights some more because surrender is death and death, death is for pussies. This can mean, like, I, I guess what I was drawn to and why I started watching the show was the comedic value in it and understanding, like, yeah, I'm a grown man going to a fucking uh, amateur jujitsu competition like Karate Kid, okay? It seriously looks like Karate Kid. Like, everyone goes and... and I understand the comedy in that whole thing. But when I get there, I'm going to fucking try and smash these white belts. And I want to run the table on them. And, you know, I do. I want to. I, I definitely want to fight Tom Hardy before the year's out somewhere yeah. at a tournament Hell and yeah. fuck him up. <laughs> like, this is fun. Do you know what his belt is right now? Do you know where I he think is? he's a blue belt, uh-huh. which, you know, honestly, the Brazilians in, in Van Nuys 
they want to just give me my my blue belt at this point um but my the the gym that i work out at you know there's politics it's like Mm -hmm. there's other guys there that have been there a little bit longer than me and they got three stripes it's like these stripes i just want to get on the mat and let's fucking go so tap hands and we'll go all right how's your uh, gas tank my gas tank is wild. It's so because you said you were losing more weight doing the rolling and stuff. Oh, my so... gas tank is 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 un. My gas tank is unmatched. I mean, yeah. I it, it is yeah. So like a day full of fights, you're gonna I'll be, able be to fine. Hold up. Oh, if I have time in between, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay, but I will say my body is like I feel like I'm in the trenches. I feel like I'm like in a training camp. Cool. which is very similar to, you know, being in a training camp. Like my neck, I got cauliflower ear, my big toe. I can't even close my hands barely because the grips and everything are so much. But I just wanted to tie that whole thing around. Like like that quote is an incredible quote. And it can mean, you know, it could be you trying to uh, do anything, win a 5K race, you know, it, it it's are you in it to win it like Iserman or are you interested in participation medals? The participation medal part is cool. I like that, that you're doing it. But I don't know. It feels like I, for me personally, I feel like really uh, I, I'm going for it. I'm going for it. Um, there's something I wanted to read, which I think kind of is, is somewhat interesting. Dave, yes. I was just curious if we could come and get some Absolutely. video content. You can come and watch and get video content. Yes. Cool. Put some Cobra Kai Karate Kid music to the background. There you go. <laughs> Cobra Kai or the original Karate Kid? The original Karate Kid music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who scored that, by the way? Can you look that up for sure. me, uh, Michael? Okay. I want to I wanna go into this a little bit. Locus of Control. Locus of control is the degree to which people believe that they, as opposed to external forces beyond their influence, have control over the outcome of events in their lives. So individuals with a strong internal locus of control believe events in their life are primarily a result of their own actions. For example, when receiving exam results, people with an internal locus of control tend to praise or blame themselves and their abilities. People with a strong external locus of control tend to praise or blame external factors, such as the teacher or the difficulty of the exam. So just the basic concept of this, okay, locus of control, it's either an internal or an external. So a person with an external locus of control attributes academic success or failure to luck or chance, a higher power, or the influence of another person, rather than their own actions. They also struggle more with procrastination and difficult tasks. I I think that um, the other thing, locus of control, is one of the four dimensions of core self-evaluations one's fundamental appraisal of oneself, along with uh, neuroticism, self-efficacy, and self-esteem. The concept of core self-evaluations was first examined by uh, Judge Locke in Durham, 1997. And it kind of blew my mind. It, it, It was like, it's so interesting, you know? And I guess what I'm trying to tie it, I'm trying to tie it all together of like the competition bug and the idea of where we're at. You know, I, I just saw Glenn Beck, um, and I don't know if you you watch Glenn Beck or you listen to Glenn Beck, but he's pretty good. He's kind of built the legitimate, I don't even want to compare it to anything. Glenn Beck is a conservative uh, television radio host who's sort of, He's built an empire, very similar. To, he's kind of the new Rush Limbaugh. Uh, Glenn Beck, he posted something very emotional uh, on Instagram where he was talking about, and, you know, every single day, these daily pundits, certainly a guy like Beck, breaking the news, you know, putting their neck out on the line to 
address the issues that we're all dealing with today. Um, and there's not a lot that are doing it. Like, we have to be honest with ourselves. There's not a lot that are really, really doing it. You know, go and follow Jamie Kennedy on Instagram if you're not, because he's just having his awakening is a beautiful thing. And seeing these these people move forward, it's so great. But Beck, he kind of went into this long thing about how, you know, he feels connected to the listeners. Right. And they were talking about something depressing that was going on in someone's life. And and he kind of broke down because he 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 said, you know, I have to be honest. I wanted to talk about this last week, but you know, there's a lot going on in my home. Like, I got a lot going on with, and he made a reference to something's going on with his kids or one of his kids, and, and it was family issues. But since when did we have, like, I think we all need to realize and tap into, A, our locus of control, all individually or as a group, and also give everyone around us a little slack and say, man, maybe the fucking two years that they locked us up at, at home really was a, was a jarring experience. Even if you came out of the pandemic, the pandemic, on the other side. Like if you did a lot of good things and you feel like in some ways it helped refocus you, I think now we're seeing the lingering effects like a punch drunk fighter who gets hit too many times. Or by the way, I mean, uh, uh, over to share over. Fuck me. He just looked like a completely different person. He looked so slow. Yeah. I guess that's what happens when you fight a guy that's 10 years, 12 years younger than you. Yeah. And you know, six months in that career, like I saw that, who sent me, did, did you send me the Jeremy Roenick clip of him dancing at the... Yeah. Okay, so that was the infamous playoff game, in, or the exhibition game in Vegas. Okay. That I fought yeah. Forsberg, that we can't find any tape of. Got it. Um, and they had a problem with the glass, and so Jeremy was doing the dance he did. He did the one of the greatest things that I've ever seen in the middle of a... I've never seen an NHL player do this. He, he basically, he took on, he was a, a live show in Vegas. Totally. He was a one-man show on the ice. It was the most incredible thing. But what people don't... So that was JR at the beginning of a season post-lockout. Now, JR didn't... He hardly played any games that year because he said his, the, skate, the new skate sharpener couldn't get his skates right. JR and, and a bunch of other guys lost their step from that year off. They just couldn't get it back, mm -hmm. right? Because they were at that point in their career. That's why I say with Glover, like six months since the last fight, uh, he's 43. Like, it's just, that was it. Yeah. And it was kind of nice to be able to have a legend like Glover to be able to have his, you know, swan song be and in his home country. Um, well, I, wish, I wish the Brazilian fans would have stuck around and gave him a little bit more love at the end. I, I wasn't really impressed with the Brazilian fans at all or yeah, that it was... arena. It's, it's not. A, I mean, just have these fights in Vegas. Like, fuck. Let, let, I don't know. It didn't, it wasn't really impressive. I don't like any fights outside of Vegas. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, coming back to this whole should thing, they, should they have stopped the fight? Sorry. Uh, yeah. Those cuts were so bad. Yeah. Those cuts were so bad. But, you know, I watched, I don't know, I watched, uh, Rocky. I watched a, a couple of the Rockies this week, weekend, and like, you know, these fighters, like, you're not going to stop a fight on one of these guys. These are these, these, these are these guys' moments. They have 15 of these moments in their entire life. You're not going to stop the fight. So with Rocky, Bill Conti did the score for Karate Kid, but he also did all the Rockies. There you go. So Bill wow. Conti, maybe we just need to get a Bill Conti score for wow. for uh, Sean uh, going into this. Is he still, uh, yeah, is he still alive? Uh, he is. He's 80 years old. Wow. Yep. Guy's probably chilling in like Woodland Hills or something, just living fucking large, man. Mm -hmm. I see, um, if, if you ever want to see, every single day he eats lunch at Fred Siegel, um, uh, who was Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed eats lunch every single day at Fred Siegel. What's his name? Carl Withers. Carl Withers. He eats every single day. Every single day. And uh, the guy from Star Wars, the other black gentleman from Star Wars. 
It's so funny. The two of them both eat their nut, and they don't eat together. Uh, it'll come to me. Anyways, um, yeah, Glover, this pandemic, what's going on? What is your purpose? What are we serving right now? Who are we protecting? Like, I, I, I just think it's... I think it's all related. Also, there's a lot of shit going on. You B see, Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Yeah, Billy D. Williams is there too. It's such a random. It's like a a, a smorgasbord. Oh, uh, Abby Libby at Abby the Lib. I don't know if this is Libs of TikTok, her new Twitter account. Anyway, she says, "Is Demar Hamlin alive or not?" She tweets that, <laughs> and like the first response you see is, "Please show him some respect and stop." She writes back, it's a question. Yes, it's a question, period. That's good. Uh, is, De is DeMar Hamlin alive or not? So they showed him on the, they showed him at the game, which, man, he's come a long way from, from having a, a game canceled. Here, here's what I'll say about this. You didn't really see if it was him waving. There was a silhouette. Michael's got me on some whole conspiracy thing now that they were talking online. Like, is that really him? We know about the previous picture where he wasn't hooked up to the machines. All I'm saying is Lisa Marie Presley. Okay. Uh, who, who was it last week? I mean, it's like, what is happening? And how are we strong internally? What are we tapped into right now that's giving us you know, a little bit of juice. Everyone must choose one of two pains, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. I like that. All right. Everyone must choose one of two pains, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Regret is terrible. While the government hires an army of 87,000 new IRS agents to harass average Americans, the Pentagon just failed a fifth audit and can't account for $220 billion in government property. Um, that is, uh, that's wild. $220 billion in government property? So that can mean pretty much anything. Like, who knows, the, go the COVID fucking masks that we bought that are sitting on runways or in, in, in uh, uh, container ships. Who, kn you know, who knows? Google's about to slash 12,000 jobs, 6% of its global work, workforce. Microsoft laid off 10,000 uh, people in two days. Facebook slashed 11,000 in December. Amazon has laid off 18,000. That's 51,000 from just four companies. And President Biden says the economy is going to be fine. We're about to enter into some dark times here. And, you know... It seems like only the strong is going to survive. I talked about last week, uh, Christy Nome, South Dakota governor. I mean, she's trying to limit Chinese land buyers. That, that seems like a good idea. Seems like we should not allow communist China to come to America and buy up all of our uh, land for whatever back fucking story shenanigans are going on behind the scenes. Whoever's tied into what. And I don't want to make this political because it's more about, like, the more that I remove myself from it, the better I feel. But also, in removing myself, it's, it's making me stronger to deal with the fight that we all have on a daily basis. Because it's not easy out there right now. Somebody else, uh, uh, I saw this. This is a great... So I've, I don't go to AA meetings. I've been to a few. Um, but this is an AA term. I guess it's HALT. So H-A-L-T, HALT. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Those are all things that you are supposed to avoid, which is sort of ironic when, like, lonely is one of them. And, you know, it's incredible and who knows what the percentages are, the statistics, people that broke their sobriety over the uh, pandemic or the plandemic, or that have now a drinking problem because of the pandemic, you know? And you look at this and you go, halt. All right, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Just think of those four words. Maybe that's something that 
you can go, all right, where's my locus of, of control on this? And where do I sit inside of this? I'm telling you because I, I feel I feel alive with this uh, I guess newfound passion. And it's really like a, a, a chess game. Hey, Friday Night Lights fans. It's not only football. Friday Night Lights and Beyond is an episode-by-episode discussion of the hit TV series Friday Night Lights, hosted by yours truly, Scott Porter, who played Jason Street on the show, and my two wonderful co-hosts. Me, Zach Guilford, a.k.a. Matt Saracen. And me, Mae Whitman, a.k.a. someone who wasn't on the show but really, really loves it a lot. We will also bring on some special guests, answer your questions, and tell you about what's going on in our lives today. It's not only football. Friday Night Lights and Beyond is available now wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Um, you know, something you've talked about um, players post-career is you have to find something to do um, to keep yourself busy. What's the second half of your life look like? And I think that it's right on brand for you to be – able to get some of your natural aggression and your natural um, competitive juices flowing um, in a controlled environment where it is an art. You know, it's a martial art. You're learning not only a great skill, but you're learning to sort of hone some of those skills too. Well, yeah, and look what happened when I tried to come out, uh, become a, a, a beer league player. I got fucking yeah. kicked out of the. I got kicked out of the arena. I got banned from the, that arena and every other arena that they owned. So it's like... Yeah, you got to find not only retired athletes, everybody. We got to tap into some things that are how do we how do we how do you make yourself a good man on a journey to try and become a great man? Because I don't think you could become really truly great until you're at the end of your life and you're at the top of the mountain, you look down, you go, "Look at look at all the people that I've touched or my family and this family and 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 the whole thing. How did I protect mine?" How, how did our piece of land grow? I don't know. It's very interesting. It, it, it's, it makes me sentimental to think about uh, this whole Bruce Boudreaux situation mm-hmm. in Vancouver because, um, you know, you, you brought up his stats and we talked about it a little bit. So Bruce Boudreaux has been in the game for 50 years. Uh, shout out to Al Avery who uh, played with or against uh, Bruce, who they called Gabby. Um, that's his nickname. The guy was an unbelievable player, not at the NHL level, but because he was just so small. I mean, if you look at him, what a, what a heart of gold this guy has loves wrestling. Uh, I've had some fuck you battles with him back and forth in the Washington days, which were like authentic, truly, you know, Gabby telling me to fuck off and me telling him, calling him a fat guy in a little coat, (laughs) whatever it was like, you know, Ovechkin, the whole thing. Gabby, Bruce Boudreaux is, he's a gamer. He's a player. He walks into a room. Mario Lemieux and, and Gretz are going to go walk across the room and say hi to Bruce Boudreaux. I guarantee you that, okay? No one's going to shun themselves to Bruce Boudreaux in a, in a room full of, of Hall of Famers. So they essentially hired Rick Tockett. And what, what, what's also funny, when I... When I um, when I had my one phone call for the TNT job or one of the jobs or whatever the fucking job was, right? I, I made a point to say to the gal that was doing the interviewing, I was like, listen, I, I said, I don't know. But if it was me, I would be very careful about hiring, hiring people to be on these panels that were using them for, as stepping stones to get jobs. Like, and it was like, okay, so I was implying talk. You're going to hire talk. Gretz's best buddy. These guys are playing a game, right? Gretz is helping talk. Talk's helping himself. He's going to get an NHL job. The good news is at least he's hired uh, Adam Foote and uh, Sergey Gonchar. Gonchar, you want to talk about a a power play. Gonchar is a nasty player, was a nasty player. Like Gonchar, Zuboff. Gonchar was a warrior, too. That guy played better better and bigger games. Um, But the whole Boudreaux thing in his exit interview, what a guy, man, talking about like 15 guys that already come up to him and they're already crying in there. 
and he stayed out on the bench to savor it a moment because you never know when he's going to get back there. Um, they should have, he knew that he was getting fired and they, they had him coach for two extra games, which is sort of unheard of. I mean, the great, one of the beautiful things about sports is like the controversy that comes around it and the mystery of where are you on that day when, uh, so-and-so got fired, right? Like, where were you when so-and-so got hired that coach? It's a, it's a mystery. It's steeped in tradition. So to know that this guy and for Gabby to coach two more games, knowing that he was getting fired and that they had already hired Rick Tockett, uh, it just says a lot about the guy and to go out the way that he did with such class and dignity um, and the wrestling belt. Like, I, I, I love Bruce Boudreaux. You know, where does Bruce Boudreaux fit in? Like, Bruce Boudreaux essentially should be on the TNT panel. If you want to really build that thing properly, you put him on it in an environment where he can shine, not with like four other dull dudes or, or, uh, or uh, you know, a few women that they sprinkle on, which is also quite interesting. Sportsnet is the wokest fucking company. Whoa, man, oh man, they are so woke. They have more female Olympians than NHLers on their networks. Yeah. Listen, I, I don't know. I'm not... I'm not saying something that is outside the lines, okay? It's a, it's, a, it's a truth and it's a reality. Now, I don't have the Cashmere Mafia backup card to, to defend myself. My sister's not an NHL player or a hockey player or Olympian, whatever, all right? Shout out to uh, Sherry Piper, who I think I, I, I had a crush on way back in the day at the Fitness Institute. She was a female hockey player. Yeah. We're talking like 1997, 90, 98 maybe. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Gabby, I, I just, I, I, I love the man. It also makes me think about, the, and, and you brought, well, so the Sutter clip, right? Yeah. So Michael showed me this uh, Daryl Sutter. They asked him the other day. He had a rookie play. Was the kid any, what's the special story about this kid? Uh, his name is Jacob, gosh, Pel, uh, Peltier. Okay. It was his first ever NHL game. Yeah. And you know the whoop de fucking do. So you're you're one of the uh, few that feel like you know it, it's incredible. Twitter is is such a machine now. Like, like M and M's just changed their whole future because they got teased by Tucker Carlson on social media about the rainbow M and M's and. Twitter has become this place that actually can dictate, and I can't believe I'm having this revelation right now because I don't use it ever, but it, it's what made companies woke. It's what made, it's what has, ha, it's the tool, the engine, the coal and the furnace that has changed the trajectory of the world that we're living in right now. But I also think it's going to be a catalyst in expelling the fire. But the fact that this is a thing. Yeah, I mean, he was asked about, like, what he thought about the kid's first game, and Sutter just reads off his stat Stats. sheet for the day. Yeah. And then moved right along. And people were upset by that. Felt like it was a and little he disrespectful. But also there was a comment said that, oh, you know, before fuck. he played that game um, against Tampa Bay, that he was the first player under 22 years old that had played for the Calgary Flames all season. Oh, so, whoop-de-fucking-do. Well, whoop-de-fucking-do. I think that they're seeing that the model is that you need some of you need to be able to draft well, and some of these entry-level contract kids need to be in your lineup to be able to be competitive so you can Well, spend. you should have been asking the questions, Michael. You asked a lot of good questions at your Rob Blake lunch. Oh, uh, I had a great time, yeah. Yeah, um, but but that that's the question to ask instead of, what do you think of what do you think of this kid's first game well, like it's a nominal thing it's something that um so yeah i had lunch with uh with rob blake it was a it was a benefit given to uh season ticket members so we were all kind of in a classroom sort of setting yeah, nobody wanted to ask questions so michael got yeah, to so ask I got five to ask questions him, yeah i got to answer and you asked some good ones yeah, what, were, what was the uh what was the one about oh why don't more gms make offer sheets yeah which is a good question. Yeah, and, and it seemed to be like they were saying that if you do it, it's going to come back on you. And we saw that with uh, Carolina and Montreal. But I still think if you got a restricted free agent in Cole Caulfield or a restricted free agent, you know, some of these guys that are game breakers, 
um, you know, maybe it's worth the risk. Okay, yeah, you don't have to justify it with me. I, I, I know what he is. Yeah, they don't do it because it's a, it's an old boys club, and they don't. Nobody wants to get in that type of war. And you shouldn't have to rely on it. You should have to build your team through the draft. But I did ask him too, like you know, the era in which Rob Blake played and you played. You know, we're seeing a lot of those players kind of start to take over. Well, yeah, they're you know, all what, buddies. They're what all... The, the vision of the league is, and I think that doing it a particular way has proven successful. Not, you know, I brought up Iserman. He immediately said, "Look at Sackick's already brought a ring home." Well, he's Sackick's boy. They won Stanley Cup together. I mean, Sackick. Yeah, but well, I said like Scotty... Marty, Marty St. Louis is a first-year coach or you know first-time coach. Um, c- coaching the Montreal Just stay Canadians. focused on these on GMs. <laughs> We're talking about GMs right now. Just the era. Eiserman you know? built a fucking uh, a legacy in in Tampa Bay, and then he left to start Detroit, and then Tampa started winning. So I mean, yes, uh, Blakey can say uh, uh, Sackick, yeah, of course. But but, anyways, coming back to the whole Sutter thing, you know, I want. If I send my my young man off to learn about the world, I want it to be Daryl Sutter. I, that's one of the guys that I would I would I would be so excited to be able to sit back and go look at my son and who he's. I got the ability. I had the ability to play under Scotty Bowman. Like thank God, you know. I had a lot of bad coaches after that, but it just brings me back to the Sutter thing. I want Sutter. If I'm Vancouver. You know, how do you not hire Mike Babcock? I mean, I know talk is he's bringing in foot and and Gonchar like that's cool and all. All right. And maybe that's actually I, I eat my words for a second because I think a Babcock untraditional didn't really play the game. Maybe talks doing it the right way now where he's bringing in these gangsters with him and not a bunch of yes men around him where you're really stacking the deck and you're bringing these OGs in and saying, like, no, this is who we're going to go to war with, guys that have been in this war and been very successful in it. And now we have kids in the league and, like, are, we're still attached to it. So I, I just think the, the Bruce Boudreaux thing also, I think it's a tough – it's tough it's, – it's a tough time to be a, a, a handholder. You know, I'm not sure – handholders with a bunch of other sort of whatever you're going to call them millennials or, or, or kids that, that have grown up with their hands being held. I, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting dynamic where we're at right now, but we all need guidance. You don't have to be a heavy hand, but you can be a, 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 a you could be a wise, like been there, done it kid. Trust me hand. This is what you're going to do. This is the steeps and valleys of this thing, understanding. That's why, you know, it's interesting. Now I, I go, and that's why it makes Babcock and a guy like Tortorella not great coaches because they didn't play the game. And they don't, their panic levels, they just don't understand it. But Speak, Speaking of uh, inexperience, um, Alvin, the general manager, has now been with Vancouver for a year. This is how he's handled the first, like, big shakeup this way. And um, it's kind of a... It's a little bit of a stain at the beginning of his, you know, general manager career. It just didn't feel like the disrespect to Bruce Boudreaux was necessary at all, no matter what you were thinking. And, you know, Boudreaux was brought on, brought on by uh, Jim Binning. So as a new general manager, too, you want to get your own guy. I just feel like... Um, yeah, but that you're really in the weeds on this one. It's fucking Rutherford. He's the, he's the president. I mean, normally it's the GM's job. I don't know. Glenn Sather was the GM and the president. Uh, you know, you, you're not firing these guys. They're all fucking, they're all twisted. I just hope Gabby ends up on the uh, TNT tan- panel. Um, you know, they really fucked up. They should have hired Subban. They should have got rid of Anson Carter. Uh, Subban should be on there with Biz doing his Biz, Biz, whatever the Biz does. Uh, the other straight cut shill the white guy what's whatever his name is i you, you could have built a, an interesting panel but um you know i don't watch hockey and watch that shit so it, it it's the product is is too good right now uh makachev volkanovsky oh yeah in perth so we'll see how that uh performance is as far as how you said you didn't really like the rio scenario let's see what happens oh, in Australia. I, oh i think the crowd will be i i think it's a different animal and uh they just have better facilities it's like brazil you don't i'm wondering where they're pilfering their electric from 
Like, it just doesn't look like it, they, they got their shit together over there. But Ma- Makachev Volkanovsky, uh, I was listening to Bilal Muhammad uh, talk about, you know, because he went over and trained with those guys in Dubai. And he was talking about their jujitsu and their wrestling and talking about Khabib. And, you know, there's no nonsense over there. If a guy, if guys sh- come up into the gym and they look tired, Khabib takes their phone away for 24 hours. He's like, you're tired. What else? Your family's not here. We're in training camp. Obviously, you're on your phone all night. Give me your phone for 24 hours. You know, they spar hard. There's no, you don't halfway spar. He's, he talked very specifically about how those guys spar every round to win. I mean, Khabib only lost a few rounds. Maybe he lost one round. You know, I, and, I, and I'm thinking about it, too, in the sense of, like, when we take our kids out into the public these days and we hand them over to, to, to coaches, the new generation of coaches and, and you know, what uh, jiu-jitsu gym or karate studio do you choose, it's so important. The ones that uh, are the right ones are found, you know, because and I'm, I'm not saying turning these kids, pushing these kids, but the discipline, because there's so much craziness outside, TikTok. And all this shit, you know? And kids aren't smart enough to understand their locus of of control. They need the guidance. These coaches are so important. So important. Um, Green Chef, we're talking 60% off and free shipping. Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company. Green Chef makes eating well, easy, with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals and get your fiducian in order, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. You looking to kickstart a keto diet in the new year? Well, we're making it easy with our brand new limited keto kickoff 2023. Now you can find keto recipes, breakfast, lunch, dinner, plus meal bundles at the Green Market. Keep keto easy and delicious. Uh, what you're going to do is, first you're going to make the decision to say, you know what, I want to eat better. I want to take care of myself. But I need the ease. Green Chef is the only meal kit that is both carbon and plastic offset. I mean, that's important. We offer 100% of our carbon footprint as well as 100% of plastic in every box. That's nice. 100% of our seafood meets the Uh, Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch rankings of certified best choice or good alternative. You got to check those boxes. All you got to do is go to greenchef.com slash nogruff60 and use the code nogruff60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. It's a box. We check it, but we want to do it with the best partner, and that's Green Chef. Go to greenchef.com slash nogruff60 and use the code nogruff60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. What else uh, What else do you have? Anything? Any interest in talking about the all-star rosters? No, God, no. Okay. Absolutely not. Um, there was a pretty cool thing. Um, big fan, big listener here, Joey Pal- Palmiotti from New York City, uh, turned me on to a thing, wanted me to share a big um oh yeah band of benefit yeah Yeah. so so band of parents band of uh, parents will host the ninth annual play like a pro charity hockey game in memory of talia castellano what a great what an unbelievable new york italian name talia castellano at madison square garden on monday february 6th the game benefits the band of parents and the garden of dreams foundation And they've raised over a million dollars to fund innovative clinical trials for pediatric cancer and make dreams come true for children in need. So basically, you can, if you raise enough money, you get the ability to play in this game. And they rented out Madison Square Garden. It's the ninth year that they've been doing it. Uh, To register to play or to sponsor a player, go to uh, p2p.onecause.com. p2p.onecause.com. That's very cool. It is super cool. It's very, very cool. Um, I mean, what other opportunity would you have to play in Madison Square Garden? You know what I mean? Totally. Uh, Everyone must choose one of two pains. The pain of discipline 
or the pain of regret. Locus of control. I want you to understand the differences because I think it's very important that we start identifying some of these internal or external factors. All right. Um, I don't know. Dave, do you have anything? Uh, we're now posting all of the uh, full episodes on YouTube. Oh, there you go, Dave. Hey. There you go. At the Action Park Media YouTube yeah, page. Action right? Park Media, and we're going to try to, every emergency podcast, every weekly podcast, we're going to try to have it um, the day of release or the next day. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Um, that's, uh, that's a good idea. Oh, you know what I wanted to talk to Scotty about? But I, I saw this YouTube video of um, a symphony doing the Jaws soundtrack. I saw that too. What an incredible, was that not like one of the most beautiful things you've ever seen? It was awesome. What a moving piece of music when you, when, it, when you see it done by like professionals in that setting. Have you been to the Walt Disney Concert Hall? No, I should. Any of the L.A. Phil? I should. They do a really cool thing up at, uh, I think it's Wednesdays during the summer. At the Hollywood Bowl? The Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, Fish is coming to the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, uh, cool. The Wookiees are, uh, it's been a long time since Fish has been allowed to play at the Bowl. Um, but they're coming back. And uh, that's going to be fun. All right. Can I, uh, one last hockey thing? Oh, fuck. Well, this is for you. I'm going to tee this up for you. Okay. Uh, Cooch, the third highest scorer in the league right now. He's tied for the most assists in the league with 48. So, like you said, I feel like the guys um, He's the Tampa be- are starting to really, oh, get, yeah. they're really starting to get things rolling. And They had um, a tough road trip. They were out on the road for five games. I think they lost the last two. That's a long road trip, all right? You go from Florida to the West Coast. You got the long uh, all-star got, break coming up, too, so you're just trying to get to that, I guess. Yeah, but but also, you play in Florida. Now you got to bust out all your winter clothes, your winter jackets, your hats. You're going to Calgary, Alberta. It's fucking dark and depressing, and all these teams want to take the shot at the big boys. You know, it's a tough road trip. Cooch is undeniably the best player in the game right now everybody wants to talk about mcdavid 40 goals and 48 games breakaway speed yada 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 i i get it all right we're gonna have an exciting second half this is when it turns up the heat gets turned up and just one last thing social media pressures fucking social media you know what is social media it's like a dopamine it's it's like a dopamine we got to take back control. All right? We got to take back control. Sometimes when you bring the thunder, you get lost in the storm. And a true champion face to face with his darkest hour will do whatever it takes to rise above. A man fights and fights and then fights some more because surrender is death and death is for pussies. Episode 42 No Gruff's Given. We'll see you next week. <laughs>